Today on Lockdown Red Wings, it wasn't pretty at time, but Andrew Kopp got the game winner in overtime. Red Wings win 3-2 over the Sharks. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am the podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's the host over at Lockdown Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash lockdown today to get started. And Scotty. As you and I both know, and the listeners at this point most certainly know, because why would they be listening to a recap episode if they don't know the result of the game? But the Red Wings won 3-2 to two in overtime against the San Jose Sharks. And I missed the entire third period in overtime because I was busy getting my shoulder dislocated in my men's league game. So I'm wearing a sling right now. Super fun. Um, when I left, it was 2-2 two to two at the end of the second, and the Red Wings got caved in at the end of the second period. They did not score a goal in the third. Either team did not. But they won in overtime, which is shocking. And don't worry, guys. I, I did my research. I, I know what happened from there on out the rest of the game. But, I mean, break it down for me, man. I thought up until that last couple minutes in the second period, it was a competitive hockey game. And then the Red Wings just collapsed at the end of the second, and it, it was tie game. What happened in that third and overtime? Well, for starters, I have six minutes of an episode of me just ro- roasting you. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't use it. That then. is in my possession that I did download. I did not just say, oh, I'm not posting it. I guess I could delete this. I downloaded the episode. So I have it and will use it to my leisure at some point, I'm sure. Um, yeah, you know what? This was a. We've talked about so often this year, and I said this in our in our now as well that we post after every game. Like it, uh, this, there are so many games this year where we've been like, "Wow, we outplayed them, and we just can't put the puck in the back of the net." So now that the reverse has happened, it feels weird to like complain about it. You know what I mean? Like that feels like, "Oh, you can't have it both ways," kind of thing. But in the same breath, like like, I, can can we just? have it all like I don't want to sound greedy but like can we just can can we just have a team that like does outplay their opponent and just wins the game they're supposed to win like I I, it's it it was not a great third period it certainly was not a great like the last five minutes of the second were brutal um the the third period was the beginning of the third was brutal the end of the third period was brutal uh, and then overtime was like 30 seconds long. So like whatever, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was just one of those, one of those games, man. Like they, they got outplayed. I would say they got slightly outplayed in the first and then outplayed in the second big time and, and probably slightly outplayed in the third as well, but, uh, ended with more shots on net regardless. And, uh, we're able to to walk away with two points. Like the, the, all the recap, really is just like same story, different day. I mean, it was it was 
really, really poor defense against a really, really bad hockey team, which is like not encouraging at all. Uh, and then for the entire end of the second and third period there, it was a lot of shots with no one able to put the puck in the back of the net. We've been saying both of those things pretty much religiously at this point at the end of every single Red Wings game for the last month and a half. So really, like, nothing changed. It just they're walking away with a win in this one versus uh, the, the alternative. Yeah, I mean, well, one, to go back to you have six minutes of roasting me because I didn't think I'd be able to record this because after I dislocated my shoulder, I called you and was like, I got to go to the ER. I can't get this back in. And then all it took for me to get it back in after calling you was to lift my arm uh, right in front of me. I never felt a pop. It hurt. But all of a sudden the pain went away. And then I left, put my arm back down and it was back in the joint. So that's why you, he went solo for six minutes. Cause I didn't think I was going to make it. And then it's it went a back great in. Show. It actually is like, it's like four minutes of Red Wings talk and probably like two minutes beginning and end of these six, uh, six minutes me. of just like kind of laying into you. Yeah. Well, maybe more like three minutes of hockey. So if, if, if it's, so my team is paralleling the Red Wings right now as we just broke an L5 in overtime with a win in, nice. in, in that game. But back to the Red Wings. I mean, yeah, this is something that you, you say, can we have it all? And I don't think we're asking for a lot. I mean, you played close games. Do, uh, do it all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We played close games against the Philadelphia Flyers and now the San Jose Sharks, two bottom feeders in the league. And after the game against the Philadelphia Flyers, Larkin comes out and says, this felt like a playoff atmosphere game. That's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. You don't want games against the Philadelphia Flyers to feel like a playoff atmosphere game. You don't want games against the San Jose Sharks to go to overtime three to two because we had expectations, Scotty, that at the start of the season, this team would what should be dominating the, you know, the teams like the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, now, for sure. reality has set in and maybe our expected, we talked about this the other day, that maybe while our expectation was 85 points or mine at least was 85 points. And while that is a step forward, the play that goes into an 85 point team is probably closer to what we're seeing. Like my, my expectation for their play did not meet like did not equate to my expectation for their point total. And I recognize that now because now I'm realizing, okay, this team isn't. There's like also that a great. lot of different ways to get to 85 points. Yeah. Like there's, <laughs> there's, yeah. But at the same time, like they won. So I'm not going to kill them too much, but all the same, like you said, all the same issues they had were there. I will say if we want to stick to the positives first, I thought they played a really good first period. I thought the first period they had the edge in the quality scoring chances. They had like two or three prime chances. Raymond made a couple yeah. nice moves, get in on goal and make a shot, get a shot on that rather. Uh, David Perron missed the net wide open oh on my a short gosh, side. On a I don't know play. how he didn't bury that. So, and you know, the analytics show it. They they had the edge in Corsi four percentage until near the end of the first period. And then in the second period, it was even, even, even until near the end of the second period and took another dip. So, the Red Wings are just bad at the end of periods, apparently. At least now, at least in this stretch, they're bad at the end of periods. Who knows what will be in the next stretch? Right, yeah. Then the but. next, the first, you know, seven games after the All-Star break, it'll be a completely new thing that they just have found a way to, to be bad at a different area we never considered, yeah. But I thought they came out of the gate, fired up, playing hard, and I thought there were several players on this team that 
had good games, one of which being Lucas Raymond. I know there was an injury scare, but he ended up rejoining the team and finished out the game. But especially in that first half of the game prior to him getting injured, which I think it was just the first period, like he was all over the place making stuff happen. I believe his point streak is finally snapped now. He had a six, it wasn't a point streak, but he had 16 points in 16 games, but he did not get a point in this one. So 16 points in 17 games, I guess we'll have to settle for that. Unless he gets two points next game, then it's back to 18 and 18. Right. So I thought he had a really good game. He's been really stepped his game up, but so has Michael Rasmussen, man. Michael Rasmussen has been on one, and it's every single time Michael Rasmussen has a good game, I feel so incredibly vindicated. So incredibly vindicated because we were we were both on the don't give up on Michael Rasmussen train. He had a very good he had a very strong finish to last season and a position where when he was playing center or wing, he was looking good. And we were saying he could be a center in this league. I know, I think tonight he played wing, but he, did, yeah. he had a great game. He had a goal, and he had the assist on the overtime winner. He laid out big hits. Uh, he got hurt as well. He took a, a stick to the hip, but he kept playing as well. I just, I'm in love with Michael Rasmussen's development. I, I, I Again, I don't think he's going to be some superstar, but he's going to be an important middle six forward on this team in my eyes, especially with his com- combination of size, speed. I, I think that that and gr- you know, grit. I think that's going to be huge when this team's a contender for him to go out there and kind of be the bully, but also have the speed to make things happen. Yeah, for sure. And and I, I think the biggest thing that the biggest value he brings right now uh, that will only hopefully continue to, to grow is the versatility. Like we, we talk about depth so much, but versatility is a big part of depth too. And having somebody that's that size that you can plug at center or wing, whatever is needed on a night-to-night basis is unbelievably valuable for sure. Absolutely. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue. We'll talk a little bit more about some of the good things. Obviously, Philly Huso gets a major shout-out. Um, but first, I got to talk to you guys today about FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL playoffs are here. We're excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today and get started with $150 in free bets, guaranteed, when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash lockdown. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads or player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at bigger payouts with a same-game parlay. All in the app, safe and secure and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Segment 2, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We're breaking down the 3-2 overtime win over the... Uh, San Jose Sharks almost at Philadelphia Flyers there. So I'm a little, little, little mixed up this evening. <laughs> forgive me. But Billy Huso, again, three straight games where I thought he looked really good. He had a goal saved above expected of 0.72. Um, he allowed two goals in this game. His goal expected goals against was 2.72. So now you can see why there's the goal saved above expected of 0.72. So, I mean, when the Red Wings win, it's in large part because of Vili Huso. Because if Vili Huso shows up, and we've had this conversation on end, when Vili Huso shows up, this team is in a position where they can win a hockey game, and it was true in win against the Vegas Golden Knights. He showed up. It was true against the Philadelphia Flyers. He showed up, and the team just couldn't put it more than one goal in the net. 
And it was true again tonight against the San Jose Sharks. Villahuso continues this trend of getting kind of back on the horse, so to speak. That is named Friday. What's that horse's name, baby? I That's just said right. it. It's Friday. That's right. I knew you were going to say something if I didn't say it. So it's been it's been reassuring to see because last season when with Alex Nadelkovic, once that really hot stretch to start the season and he was done carrying the team kind of ended, it was up and down, up and down with Alex Nadelkovic. It'd be like 46 shot shutout followed by four goals on 20 shots. And with Vili Husso, he, he had a, a, quite a, a pretty long down stretch in terms of his save percentage, just the goals he was allowing per game. And it was, again, we talk about it. It wasn't 100% on him, but he was not, wasn't on his A game either. It's nice to see that he's kind of back on that A game. And I think that was his, what, his 50th NHL win, his 50th professional 50, win yeah. in this one. Yeah, for, for sure. And, and it's never really been, well, I shouldn't say never, but – it has rarely been like exclusively his fault for, you know, those losses or like big, you know, blow up blowouts. Um, and like you said, we talk about that a lot and it's definitely nice to see him kind of get, like you said, back on the horse name Friday and like get back on, you know, kind of a, what we were accustomed to in the first couple of months of the season. But um no goalie should have to, to to face what this defense lets their goalie face. You like know what that, that sounds like? It sounds like it's time to look at a heat map. Right. Yeah. Like like no no like it it is great. Don't get me wrong. Like it's great that that he is is lately ha has been back. I mean, golly, this should literally come with like a parental advisory warning. That's <laughs> disgusting. Hold on one second. Um it's just it's frustrating because like yes I'm I'm glad that he's doing well but the the fact that this defense is so consistently bad that we pretty much only win and like the offense is far too inconsistent to rely on we pretty much just only win when Huso is on his A game and has to be like uh, you know go crazy mode just to be able to to get us a win because. Like I said, the offense is too consistent and, and the defense does him zero favors on a night to night basis. No, absolutely. You're right. And, you know, it's when you say that we, if this team is going to win a game, it's because Huso played really well. That's great for Huso, but not a good look for the team. And this is a rebuilding team still. They're, they're at a point where, you know, you kind of need one guy to carry the team if you want a chance to win. And unfortunately, that's where the Red Wings are at. But, I mean, this is one of the worst heat maps we've seen all season, Scotty. On that, both sides. That, this is both sides, yeah. brutal offensively. That's that's not a good look for, for your offense. And, yeah, this is, uh, I mean, this is genuinely right one of the worst defensive zone heat maps I think we've seen and, all year. And, like, we've seen it where, like, it's been, like, off to, like, they, they give up a lot of opportunities off to the side of the net. Here, let me do it so you guys can actually see. Off to the side of the net right here, both these goals happen. Like, this that's is the half circle. But this all, is who this is yeah. at every angle in front of the net. And it's all the way like deep into the slot, man. I mean, that's just, uh, that's, that's let's awful. look at his uh, high danger. chances given up in this game. I'm really curious how many high danger chances he faced at five on five. He faced seven high danger shots against only one of which for, one of which for, went for a goal at even strength. Let's switch at the all. 
So a total of seven. So that's still, that's a lot of high danger shots against when you only give up 25 shots in a game. That's a high percentage that should not come that close in as compared to the Sharks where he faced two. You got two high danger shots on James Reimer. Granted, he allowed one goal in, which I imagine had to have been, this is at five on five. So which one of those goals would it have been? Um, had to have been the Adam Ernie one. Well, no, both. So Adam Ernie and Michael Rasmussen had high danger shots at, am I still at all? No, I'm at five on five again. So it wouldn't have been the overtime goal. So it had to have been the Michael Rasmussen shot because the Ernie one was a redirection. Either way, regardless, I'm getting off, off top. Well, yeah, the Ras was, I mean, that's high day as high. Yeah. That's right there. Right. That's a break. Like that's, that's yeah. gotta be as high danger as it gets. Yeah. But the point being is you can't be giving up, seven high danger shots against and only putting up two. It's just, yeah. Well, I mean that, that's, that's what I said earlier, man. Like this is, it's just so weird. Like it's, it's so consistently inconsistent. Like, like the defense being porous is pretty much the only thing that's consistent at this point. Like we, we, we've talked at length for the last month about like, Oh, like, Hey, look, the five on five took a big step in the right direction. Wow, like we're actually kind of beating some teams on on five on five play. Like, look at these numbers. Look at you know possession metrics and stuff. But oh, they can't put the puck in the back of the net. And then tonight they win and and they get like I, I mean we don't have to sugarcoat it. Like honestly, for like the 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 metrics and whatnot are not good. Like they 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 got outplayed for oh, yeah. uh, uh, at least the second half of all three periods like that it, it, it's it's just oh man i th- this team never fails to amaze me i guess is my point yeah it can certainly be frustrating at times and you know Corsi four percentage at five on five the shots percentage at five on five the scoring chance like everything leaned sharks it was 60 percent Corsi, 54 percent fenwick 53% shots. So we talked about how the only thing the Red Wings really had was shots, right? They outshot them 35 to 30 in this game. But when you just filter that to five on five play, because that's, that is, if you're a dominating hockey teams win the five on five battle, like almost every night, the Red Wings don't do that. They lost the, the, the Sharks outshot them 26 to 23 when it was even strength full strength. I mean, we can, we can transition that right into the power play that looked awful in this yeah. game. I three mean, opportunities in goodness gravy. That was a brutal power play. Um, the penalty kill did its job, I guess. There was no power play goals scored on either team. But, I, I mean, goodness gravy, man. That was that was something else. That, the, especially, I think it was the first power play of the game. I, I'm not sure they got a shot off until, like, a minute into the power play. And, and like, they had possession. They had the puck in the in the offensive zone. And I, I mean, I was—I don't know about you. I was just yelling. I was screaming, "Shoot at my team!" Like someone shoot the puck, dude. You must have read my tweet. I said, "Why mute you? What are we talking about?" Wow. <laughs> just so everybody knows that we are only colleagues. We're not friends. <laughs> I, mean, I don't, I don't have you muted, here. Jill. I don't think I have anyone muted these days. I'd have to look. Anyway. I don't have you muted. I, I didn't know. see your tweet though. Oh, shocker. Are you going to finish your thought or 
that was it. I was oh, just you're saying, finished? like, the oh, power oh, play oh, was okay. brutal, and, like, I, I was yelling shoot at the TV because, like, they just kept passing it back and forth. They were trying tic-tac-toe. Like, they, it was a bunch of, of, like, trying to set people up, but, like, no one was actually willing to take the shot. And then when they did, I think Kubi took a shot, and it was not even – it was, like, three feet off from the net. Like, it was just a, a really abysmal first, like – well. 45 seconds to a minute of the of the power, first power play. Their best opportunity was Perron missing the net. I yeah, mean, oh, 100%. He had an open net and he just missed it. And normally he yeah, doesn't that miss that. should have been in. It is it is what it is. Uh when we come back we'll wrap up our conversation on the game. We got to get props to Dylan Larkin 400 points for the captain as he continues to battle Steve Eiserman uh for that contract extension. I'm just kidding. I don't know what the what it's like. But we'll talk about that when we come back. Stay tuned to Locked on Red Wings. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty, let's talk about D-Boss. Can we play a game really quick? Yeah. Where both of us raise both of our hands up in the sky as quick I can do it. I just not recommend it. <laughs> it's back in now. It just hurts. It just throbs. But I, I have my full range of motion back. Okay, good. I, I didn't earlier. Like, literally, oh, God, it was so awful, dude. It was so awful. I, I had an assist. Imagine. I had it was so with... funny. I started the show and I was like, yeah, Brian, you know, he seems like he's in good spirits. He called me, but uh, he's definitely in a lot of pain. <laughs> like I'm giving everyone like a rundown. Yeah. I, it sounds like I got shot based on the way you say it. <laughs> well. Well. Well, I mean, you didn't. What do you mean? Oh, I don't know. You just <laughs> said well. Um, no. <laughs> like, well, like obviously you didn't. So. Yes, Dylan Larkin, 400 career points. He got an assist on this one. Uh, redirected shot by Adam Ernie for his sixth of the season. Can't quite remember off the top of my head how many goals that is for Adam Ernie. Don't really keep uh, tabs on. Uh, I couldn't tell you either. Yeah, yeah five so, or six. <laughs> but Dylan Larkin continues to be on pace for his a new career high, and he continues to campaign for a brand-new shiny contract, and it was his 400th point. So good for him. I thought he played a fairly good game. Uh, He's I on pace for career points. Yeah. Yeah. Not goals though. Not goals points. Right. I was yeah. going to say, cause he, he's still at 15, ain't he? Yeah. Yeah. But his career on goals is like 32. So he goes on a tear. I mean, I mean, I guess, but he just needs uh, one little hot streak. We, 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 ain't, we, we've seen the opposite of a goal scoring tear from him in the last like month. So can we say something positive about Dylan Larkin? Please? Yeah. 400 <laughs> points, man. I mean, we, Hey, we were the people that were like, yeah, give him the money. There's still a lot of people out there that are like, Oh, you know, I'd give them like half of that. Like there's, there's still a lot of, a lot of, we are definitely not the negative Dylan Larkin people. That's certainly not our, I have our seen brand at all. So many crazy takes on Twitter and in our comments, like, I understand thinking that eight million is too much for him, like teach their own, but like you have to understand that's also the going rate for a guy of his caliber. Like eight million dollars isn't superstar caliber money anymore. Like, it's just not. I'm yeah, like, no. I see I've seen several people compare it to Leon Dreisidel and like, oh, Dreisidel's only making eight million dollars. Well, yeah, he also signed that in twenty seventeen when the cap was, was 16. lower. Sixteen. Yeah. The cap was lower back then, so $8 million was a higher percentage. And also, he had yet to have a 100-point season at the point of when he signed that extension. At that point, his career high was 77 points in 82 games, less than a point per game. Sound familiar? Right. So if you want to make that comparable, you need to know the context. And it's just, 
I like the Steven Stamkos is brought up too. And again, it's like, okay, but Steven Stamkos also took a little bit of a discount to stay with the team he thought could win the Stanley Cup. Like that's because that team that was, was publicly public knowledge. Yeah. So you when you when you make comparables, Crosby signed know, his in the Bush administration. Like that yeah. doesn't count either. <laughs> like you got to know the context when you make those comparables. And and I'm, I sound so condescending right now, but it just drives me nuts. That's why we brought up Matthew Barzell. That's why we brought up Thomas Hurdle because those are recent contracts that. No, were but like, the, the, that I mean, this is the conversation that people are having. So like, it's definitely our our you know job to or like talk people, about it. But or when they bring up bring up Sergachev, who just signed his extension, it's like okay, but he's also a defenseman, and they go for less than Fords typically. So it's like you have to take into account everything when you make those comparables. And like, the biggest thing for me is just like, again, we have so much cap flexibility. Like this, it's not going to like hinder us. It's not going to. And I mean, like, the, the cap's going to get even bigger. There's even talking about like getting rid of the hard cap and making it like, like baseball, with like a soft cap or like a luxury tax thing. Like there's, that's a whole different 400 points. He got his 400 career point in this game. Um, Really wanted it to be a goal, but we'll we'll take the we'll take the assist. We'll take uh, Mister Four Hundred. There um, was a cool moment. He, the picture with him with the puck is already on Twitter and stuff. Super cool. Um, Mort Sider landed a big hit in this game, but I honestly thought this was probably one of the worst games that Wolman and Mort Sider had as a pair. I mean, the second yeah, that, goal went off of Mort Sider, but the, the whole line was scrambling. I I wouldn't put that on all, both Wolman and Sider because they couldn't get the puck out. That's not just on the defenseman. That's the no, forwards I mean, were no help. I mean, honestly, I know, I know that we just we just talked about like how we wanted to say good things about Larks and like obviously, you know, the captain, all, all the respect in the world. Um, but the top line did not do very well. They got outplayed to hacking back, and the top defensive pairing did not play well. Like they, the 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 game was was pulled up kind of by its bootstraps by the the bottom nine uh, on the forward group and and certainly not the top pairing on defense either like it was just a really rough go for uh, the 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 top unit all around in this one so what what's crazy too is we talk about how and this is like a good slash bad thing we talk about how the heat map was so ugly right the Red Wings had 23 blocked shots compared to the San Jose Sharks nine so one, it's great that they're blocking shots, but the fact that, that heat map looked as bad as it did, and that doesn't count the blocked shots, that's shots on goal, guys. If they hadn't blocked those shots, think about how much, how badly the Red Wings would have gotten out shot in this game. Yeah. Like, and of course, he four percent is because course, he four is shot attempts and it factors in blocked shots. So they, it was like what, 65 to 45. I mean, that kind of tells you the story right there at even strength. So that kind of tells you how bad it was, but I mean, so it's great that they blocked that many shots. Like that's fantastic. They're not afraid to put their bodies in the line to play defense. Like that was the one thing the defense did well in this game was block shots, but also they shouldn't be getting caved in that poorly at the same time. It just shouldn't see that many shot attempts again. So yeah. it was correct. Agreed all around. But uh, outside that injury cop scored the game winning goal. Good. On hey, outside the copper all around. I thought this was one of his uh, one of his better games, man. I, I thought he looked great all game, really, start to finish. I thought he was one of the only people that I can – him and Bergeron, I, I think, were two of the only people I could really feel confident saying that about. I, I thought both of them honestly looked fantastic. I thought Cop played really solid defensively, which is something we've talked about a lot this year and, like, one of the reasons you brought him in. Um, 
the I don't know cops numbers specifically, but like the team in the faceoff circle did a little bit better. So fifty five percent. Yeah, so that's certainly something that we've talked about a lot. But uh, yeah, I, I I thought I thought cop looked you know aside from from the game winner. I mean that was kind of just like on a platter for him. Like he took advantage of the opportunity. Um, but uh, I I thought you know possession wise especially he he looked really solid in this one. Looked really good in the neutral zone. Yeah, I mean, he continues to perform better and better as the season goes on. It took him a long time to get, I would say, back to NHL speed. Like, there were this first few, like, I would say the first month and a half of the season, he looked out of place because of that core surgery. He had no no off-season training, no uh, training camp, no preseason. He just came into the season cold and was yeah. expected to be a 2C. And he's been getting better as the season goes on. He's currently, like, on pace for, like, around his career totals tend to be so offensively his production's fine it's defensively i think where he's supposed to thrive that defensively and, and i mean like in the face-off circle like that's those are those are two of the reasons that like we brought him in like that like you said the point total is going to be around there if you expected more i don't know what to tell you but um yeah definitely have expected uh, a little bit more defensively which again i thought in this game he, he was one of the few that Looked a little bit, uh, looked, looked pretty solid. Um, I think he just like, he, he, hey, he looked pretty fast tonight. But I, I think he just benefits from like the the aggressive forecheck like moments, and I, that's not like so inconsistent. Like some games, this team is super aggressive on on the forecheck, and I mean even the backcheck too. Like all of it, like uh, they just are like super aggressive with suffocating the puck. And then like, there's other games where they just like completely sag off. And it's, I, I don't understand the rhyme and reason to it. It's very kind of frustrating at times, but honestly, on a cop. Yes. Very, um, very, very solid night. And, and definitely I think should look for, for defensively and in the face-off circle for him to take some steps forward to start understanding why we gave him the money. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so all in all, guys, it wasn't a pretty game. They got the win, though. Thankfully, who so? And congratulations to Dylan Larkin and our boy Michael Rasmussen continuing to take steps forward. Uh, just I, I don't have the player card up, but I was looking at it earlier in the game, or earlier in the day. His uh, defensive metrics are strong. He's a strong defensive forward. I love that. So uh, we'll, we might, we might. But there's so many individual players I want to talk about. Like we, I want to talk more about Jake Wallman. I want to talk more about Michael Rasmussen, but we have an entire week uh, where we have no hockey games. So bring that up then. So any final thoughts, man? We ball. We ball. We'll be back tomorrow with a brand new episode. So stay tuned. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.